This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well. But if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, oh, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. It's That's, okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. This is Chops. This is Xander. And we are back. We are. We're back here to talk about a favorite of my uh, NES era games. A favorite of mine, but probably you are more memorable of it than I am. But yeah, because super frustrating. Yeah. It is Maniac Mansion. Maniac Mansion. Released. The game where you can put a hamster in the microwave. Well, only in some versions of it. So it was originally released October 5th, 1987, and it's had a myriad of releases since. Do you know so, what else came out October 5th, 1987? No. You? No, I don't. Oh. I just thought... Oh, I don't know anything <laughs> else. I was like, uh, you? Out of nope. the birthing moon? No, two years prior. Oh, Sorry. All right. Well, Old man. I was born in. Sorry, I completely derailed. You so, did. You did. Anyways, Maniac Mansion. So uh, this game has had multiple releases. Have you played any of the other? Have they, did they ever, like, remaster it? They. I'm, we're going to get into this later. I'm sorry. They didn't, but, but by multiple releases, I mean they had, like, issues with censorship and, mm-hmm. like, translations as far as, like, to the different cultures that they were going to, different areas. Right. So there was an original American release, which included the hamster getting microwave. There was a second wave that didn't have it, and that one was primarily set in the European countries. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was another one in there, too, that, that, that had music, more music in it than the other ones. All right. So anyways, Maniac Mansion. So point-and-click adventure. Imagine if you were George Lucas, and uh-huh. you're like... I want to make a very, I want to make a really cool game. It's not necessarily George Lucas himself, but like that. So it's a Lucasfilm game. It's, it's, it's the Arts, very right? first Lucasfilm. Oh, Lucasfilm. Very first Lucasfilm game developed and produced by them solely. Okay. They wanted to make a game that had compelling storytelling. And Ron Gilbert, which is a very famous director uh, of video games, came up with this and with another person, I think Tom Schaefer or Tim Schaefer, I can't remember his name. Tim. Um, and they basically wanted to tell a story, but the current games that were out didn't suit the style of gameplay that they wanted, so they did a point-and-click adventure game. 
for a console. Mm-hmm. It also came out on the PC, and it came out, actually, it came out on the Commodore 64, Apple II, IBM PC, Amiga, um, the Atari ST, and the NES. Okay. Um, I've never played on Amiga, but I would love to see this game on an Amiga. Um, but yeah, it's a point-and-click game, but it's very story-driven yeah. as far as, like, there's hints and there's de- there's deep character development in a, in a subtle way. Mm-hmm. Not even like there's a ton of character development in the game, but it's just like a hint on it. Yeah. And they actually developed this game as a pen and paper like game. Really? First. Like they made it in, they made it in a pen and paper style art, like Dungeons and Dragons type of game. That's awesome. And then they converted it to a point and click adventure. That makes me really want to play a tabletop <laughs> maniac magic Oh, I know, right? So you're this uh, main character you're one of like nine main characters, aren't you? Uh, well, the you have one character that you're always, you always are. Okay, and that is Sid. Sid is the oh wait, no, sorry, Dave, sorry, Dave, Dave Miller. So the story is that your girlfriend got kidnapped by this weird, weird family. Do you remember the name of the family? I do, it's been years. It I don't remember their I last remember names, blue. but there's Doctor Fred. Yeah, Edna. Uh huh. Ed. Yep. Ted. Yep. And then there's the tentacles. And essentially what happens is a meteor falls in their yard, like makes them go evil, controls yeah. their mind, and then they do an experiments on people by like taking their brains, and your girlfriend gets kidnapped, and you basically have to go rescue her. Right. And it's in the vein of point and clicks. So there's like 16 actions that you can choose. So like walk to, yeah. push, pull, open, look. All those kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you play as Dave primarily, but you have other playable characters that you could choose from. And what was neat about this game is that you had... Let me see here. Let me count real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six other characters. Okay. You could choose two. Yeah. And you could beat the game with any combination of characters. Yeah. So me playing this... And every character had their own theme song. They had their... Oh, God. They had their own great theme song. Yes. But me, being the dumb young kid when I play this, only knew a couple ways to beat the game. So if I wasn't those characters, to me, you couldn't beat the game with those other characters. Yeah. And the reason why is they each had their own unique backstory and ability. So, for example, you had Sid, who was an aspiring musician, Mm -hmm. and he could play the piano, and he could also put the hamster in the microwave. Yes. And he had his own little speech that says, let's do it. Um, and, he, and him and Razor are actually very similar but there's like points in the game where you can have them like make their own music or like they mix music and you can use that as, a, as an ability or mm-hmm. item to progress through the story to eventually save the girlfriend uh, Sandy Shorts okay you ready for these names I just want to go for these real quick yeah I know I'm going all over the place but Dave Miller okay Sid Sid no mm-hmm. last name given yep Michael F. Stop Michael F. Stop okay Michael F. Stop okay like F is his middle name F, and initial? Yep. And okay. then S-T-O-P-P-E. Okay. Wendy. Okay. Bernard. Bernard. Ray. I feel like Bernard was the blonde kid, right? Uh, Bernard was the, yeah, the, he was the physics club uh, kid. Yeah. The, the smart one. This is, like I said, it's been years since I played. I did no research for this because I just <laughs> wanted to experience your retelling. And I'm just trying to remember, Michael. You need to look up their sprites because they're hilarious I know, I do. Right just look them up I'll, for yourself. You keep going, I'll pull them up. Uh, Bernard... Razor, which I love because Razor's a chick. Like, that's a manly, that's like right. a, an aggressive name. Razor's a lead singer of a punk band called Razor and the Scumites. Scumettes. Nice. 
And then you have my my favorite name, Jeff Woody. <laughs> Jeff Woody. W O O D I E. <laughs> oh man, and and just yeah, Xander's pulling up these sprites right now on the computer, and they're just so great. They're so great. Look at them. Just look at them. Just look at it. Just look at it. Anyway, so let me pull you just specifically NES. So the you're you're playing through this game and essentially it's a point and click adventure. You're in this mansion of the evil Dr. Fred yeah. and who has been brainwashed by the meteor along with Edna, his wife, his son Weird Ed, and their cousin Ted, who is literally a mummy. He's okay. a wrapped up oh, mummy. Yeah. There he is. And uh you're trying to stop them from basically destroying the world with like a nuclear nuclear reactor slash thing, and it's just a really weird game. Yeah, it's just really weird. I remember it being very strange. It's had a it had a lot of a lot of uh, write writings like like rewrites. Yeah. Uh, so for example, and I'm gonna try to see if I can find. Uh, a good description of the style of game for you. So it's a graphic adventure game, point and click, two dimensional, and you solve puzzles. There's 15 commands to just walk and unlock. And the player starts the game out choosing two of the six players. Um, and then the game can be completed with any combination of them. But since some of the puzzles are only available by certain characters, you can only take certain paths based on your player composition. And they can die. Yeah. So there's parts at which the players can get captured or die, and you have to choose a new character to come help you along, which and is kind of, uh, like, jarring. And don't the other characters just, like, oddly stand outside? Uh, well, yeah, kind of. When you go to choose them, they'll appear outside. Yeah. So it was developed in 1995 by Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick, and they just want to tell a funny story about, like, a B-movie cliches. Yeah. So they developed it, um, and... <laughs> they made it as that as that, that gameplay style that I said, but um, basically there were two separate versions of the game developed for the NES. Mm -hmm. So they had a port that was handled by Jalico only in, J in, in Japan only. Okay, and they did a terrible job with it. Um, it was released in 1989, and they were like an acute style. They had like it was like smaller rooms. There was no scrolling at all. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was actually it was pretty bad. And then in September 1990, Jalico released the American version of it. So they did the Japanese one, and they did the American one, and the American one was actually a lot better. Yeah. Um, and the developers put, like, a lot of, like, Easter eggs and hints in there of, like, pop culture references, mm -hmm. along with the songs. And this is one of the first games that had fully featured songs per the characters' yeah. themes. You could turn on and off in the inventory screen. Yeah. The only one that I remember really, really well is Michael's theme song. Yeah, and I know the other ones are also really good. They're but just I, really. Good. I always took Michael because that was my favorite song. <laughs> um, and along with the music, which is I thought for an NES game is pretty yeah. pretty unique to be able to do that. They had like a specific band actually get together and make all the uh, music for it. Really? And I'm, I'm trying to find it right here. Um, George the Fat Man Sanger. Do you know who that is? Nope. Apparently, he's a famous video game artist. Um, but he the, he wrote and made all the songs and then converted them into chip tunes. Okay, so that's why they have a little bit more depth in there. So like, uh, Dave's theme is based off of "The Boys Are Back in Town" by Thin Lizzy. 
Okay. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have the music playing in the background during yep. this episode. And Razor has an electric rock theme. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, as a pop, as a punk theme, Bernard has a ra- as an electric rock theme. Um, so it, it's really unique on there. And um, so with the game, I, I don't know. When was the first time you played this game? I, the first time I played it, it's a tricky yeah. thing. My older brother played this. Like he rented it, and I would watch him play it because it didn't make sense to me as a kid. Like, no, why would you play a seven-click adventure game? And yeah, yes, yeah. So I mean, I went back and played it years later, but just because I remembered him playing it, and I remember just thinking, like, what a weird game. Um, I honestly don't. I I was probably in middle school when I played it for the first time. So like ninety-seven, ninety-eight-ish. Um, I don't remember a whole lot from it. I remember enjoying it. I remember like having, you know, having a good time with it and fond memories and everything. Obviously, the music stuck with me, um, but I don't recall the very first time I played it. I just remember my brother had, I think he had a friend over, and I like watched them play, and I was like so bewildered, like why, why aren't they jumping on things? Why aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the action in this game? Right. And and like, I remember being freaked out by the blue people. Yeah, so they were blue, like bright light blue. Yeah, and then they had the tentacle, the green and purple tentacle, and there was like dungeons in their house, mm-hmm. like a nuclear reactor. A you had to wander around the house engine. without them seeing you. Yeah, or you, if you got caught, you got thrown in jail, or you could just hit. Then you could hit like the secret unlock key and mm-hmm. get out. But I I played this when my brother had it. My brother had it as well. He's much older than me. And I didn't know what was going on either, but him and his friends were really proud of the fact that they could beat it. Yeah. And they knew of a way to do it without asking other people, and you couldn't look up on the internet then because yeah. there was, wasn't any. Right. But I remember when I played it and I tried to beat it, like, there was so much I didn't understand because it it takes place in an era that I have no reference to. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, film, uh, like, liquid, like a, like a filming liquid that you can get in there that's essentially, like... A poison if you eat it, or mm-hmm. if you feed it to a plant in the game, which can die. Right. Um, or developer fluid. Sorry, developer fluid. That's okay. So like, there's things in this game. There's you know, uh, vinyl records. Right. Which I didn't really know much about. I was a tape and CD era kid. Right. And there's so many just weird references that I have no idea about. But this game, there's cutscenes that were coined by Ron Gilbert himself. Oh, okay. So that's a cool phrase for this game of a pop culture era of a full of games, full cutscenes. Like that's where it started. Right. So it really took me out of the game, but like kind of get a me weird involved in it. Yeah, it's like you you're playing and having not really experienced them before. You're playing something, and all of a sudden it stops, and you no have no longer have control, and you're like, what what's going on? Right. That's that's from this game. Yep. So the as far as so we both talked about how we played it. Um, I, I don't, I've beaten it once. I've be, I, I can say I've definitely beaten it at least once. I don't remember yeah, how, I but I will it. say that talking about it makes me want to play it again. It, I, it and does. I have the, the cartridge at home, but I don't know my NES is in working condition at the moment. I'm also super stressed out by the game. Oh, I can imagine. Because, like, there is a point where, like, you're cu- you're counting down the clock and you need to hurry mm-hmm. and do this, otherwise you lose. And it's not, a, it's not a drastically long game either. No, I think you can beat it. You can play it in about 20 minutes, yeah. maybe 30 minutes. And it's really weird. Just really, yeah. really weird, which is fine. Like, sci-fi weird comedy. Like, that's, yeah. that's right up my alley. But, so... You have all these characters. You have these different ways to win the game, but you have a ton of ways to die. And I'd like to go over each of those ways to die. Go Are for you it. Ready? 
So there's tons of different items, tons of different active, so interactive area. So for example, this house has a few levels. It also has a pool, mm -hmm. has a garage, it has a basement with a dungeon in it. <clears throat> and there's a bunch of ways to die. I'm gonna go over a few of them though. Okay. So for example, you go into the pool, you fill a glass jar up with some pool water, and it's radioactive. And as pool water is and, right in this place. And you microwave it, and then you have, and you open up the microwave and you take it out. I don't know why you need to microwave it specifically, but it's just there. Right. Um, so then you shut off the power of the house and you keep a kid by the fuse box, because like it's, I don't know, you know the house inside and out apparently. Right. No one else is wandering through. So then when you turn off the power, one of the tentacles go to get the fuse and turn the power on. But if you have a kid by it, he just takes them and then captures them, and you have to try to get them later. Mm -hmm. um, so then once you do that uh, and the, the water's off or the power's off, you can go and you go over to the pool and you open up the pool water valve, which like drains it uh, and don't close it so that the pool actually drains. And then you have a person go into the pool. This is a really complicated way to die, right. but it's fun you, just to kill if, them. If you die this way, you've really you, messed you up. You pretty much you don't get that character ever again. You, you did it on purpose. Um, you d you descend into the drained pool and then close the water valve with the kid still in and he drops. Uh, I don't know why the, the microwaving the, the glass jar is part of it, but it just is. Okay. Um, did you drain the pool without doing that first? I don't know. Not sure. Okay. I, I, these are just things that I've read online, to be honest All right. with you. I don't remember a lot of ways to die other than getting caught up too many times, mm -hmm. and you can't escape a dungeon, and uh, entering the wrong code into the computer uh, three times causes it to explode okay. and kill you. Um, I do know that there is a record tape that if you play to one of the tentacles, um, it... And this is like one of the things that was like censored. Mm -hmm. It kind of it's like a mating call oh, sounds, and the tentacle like freaks out and turns red and then grabs you and then that person's dead. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that was changed in one of the later versions to where they just go into the dungeon. Right. Um. But yeah, you're not really a hundred percent sure what happened, but you're pretty sure what happened. Death by snoo snoo. Yeah, by a big tentacle. <laughs> Literally, the tentacles are like walking. Like, like imagine if you took a squid, mm -hmm. you cut off a tentacle, and, and then you stood sentient. it, and you stood it upright, yep. and it just walks around, not on the tentacle part, but on the base of the part that you cut right. off. Super, super weird. Um, if you fail to stop Doctor Fred's self-destruct machine, that's it. If you go into uh, the meteor's room without wearing a radiation suit, you die. And um, if you blow up, <laughs> if you blow up Weird Ed's hamster in the microwave and you show him the remains which you can't do in one of the later versions he basically kills yeah, because he's very upset about it. the version I have I can definitely do that yeah I know <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's so great about this game it was so weird like who why would you think it's okay to put putting a hamster in a microwave and blowing it up I don't know it's it's terrifying oh man this game's so great <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, I wanted to let you know that there is a few other characters in this game. There's some unique things with uh, mail. Do you remember this? With oh, with like, like mailing. Okay. There's, <laughs> I don't. And time and space is obviously irrelevant in this. You can mail letters out in the game. Yeah. And then you will get returned mailed letters to you within that same night <laughs> from someone, and it's from. Uh, <laughs> It is, uh, let me make sure I have this right. It is Mark Eater. Mark Eater? Mark Eater. Okay. He's a publisher of books. Oh, market, marketer. Yeah. 
And if you turn the TV on, there's like an advertisement of like three guys who will publish anything, and you can mail them different things to get a reaction from him. And then in a cutscene, and it can also like give you, he'll contact you in a cutscene. Um, so there's weird stuff like that. Just, like it has no point in the game. Right. It's just for fun. And then there's a guy on the TV who shows up. His name's Wink Smiley. Okay. Who's supposed to be a gimmick of David Letterman. Okay. And there's just these weird, unique, pop culture characters that just... I hadn't seen anything like this in another game. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any other game that was as goofy, but as adult as right. this one was. Now, did this... Uh, with, uh, and I asked you primarily because there's tentacles. Does Day of the Tentacle come from this? Yes. So okay. they also did this I never, one. I never played Day of the I have it on my PS4, but I've never given it a so, shot. So I feel like I kind of have to now. That was a remake. The guys who made this one also made the Day of the Tentacle, and they did the remake recently, uh, the remastered. And it's and it's pretty good. I haven't played that one fully, but I, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it remastered because I remember it's so iconic in the NES. Yeah. But that one is also pretty good. It's not, I don't know, I'm not as into it because it's its newer, but um, if you have to go back and play one, I would say play the first one. Don't even play the second one. Okay. That's just my preference. But anyway, so there was a lot of also copies of this game manufactured. There was 250,000 cartridges wow. of this game, of the non-hamster, of the hamster one, okay. non-removed hamster one. And they all had what was cool about it was this is one of the first one of the very few NES games that had the battery in it that you could save. Yeah, uh, and, and the battery backup for the saving specifically mm-hmm. because I I don't know about you like you, like yeah you could sit down twenty to thirty minutes and probably play this game if you knew what you were doing but mm-hmm. if you didn't know what you yeah, were doing it's a lot it's to a go back. long time to play this because you're playing it over and over you're trying different combinations trying to figure out which characters can figure out what. Like, at some point, if you don't have the right character for a mechanic, like, you can't fix up the jet engine car mm. and shoot it out of the garage. And then, like, there's, like, oh, you so can much do of things. This I don't remember. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. You can, like, you can you can start the car, and it's got, like, a, en- like a jet engine on it, and you can have it crash through the garage door. And then what happens is it crashes into the yard and makes, like, a hole. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to beat the game is you can actually push the meteor out the window of its room and it falls in the hole and dies. Wow. <laughs> and then it's just real real uneventful. Yeah. Um, there's multiple other ways to beat this game, but like I said, I don't remember hardly any of them. But for for being a character or for being a game that had save features, had unique soundtracks, had unique characters. I mean, you had the very first Lucasfilm games developed and published, by, or uh, yep, um, produced by them. This game felt like the beginning of like modern storytelling in games to mm-hmm. me. Now, now that I look back on it, right? I don't know if that's how you feel. But like I, mean, I said, it's been so long it. since I've played it that I I can't put a I I don't know that my memories of it are totally accurate. I just remember like I have faint images of. of being in certain rooms of the house and having that actual like f- panic of like they're going to walk in here they're going to see me doing this I'm going to get caught I'm going to get sent to the dungeon but I don't remember much beyond that I certainly don't remember the ending I just remember the the startup screen with the heads of the characters and mm-hmm. playing all the music like which song is the coolest I'm going to take these guys <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of that like a lot of it you just appreciated for the game yeah so like there's like different things you interacted with just things you wanted to just experience like uh, yeah. for me 
since I wasn't good at beating it, a lot of it was just experiencing what can I what can I interact with. What kind of dumb with? things can I get done? <laughs> and, and then try to figure out how these all play into part. Yeah. So there's like, uh, for example, there's a fruit or sorry, a uh, a plant that is a like a sentient plant. Yeah. Uh, chuck the plant. Chuck the plant that literally has no point in the game. He's just there for to, to mess with you. Yeah. And and. But you think, like, well, he's blocking something. I need to get past him to get to this thing. No, that thing that he's blocking is nothing. It's, it's <laughs> like there's there's a dead end for that. Uh, and there's, like, different ways to kill him, but there's no real benefit to it. So this game was just – it was a joke in ways, like a yeah. big, just a big funny joke. And I liked it a lot. It, it's a weird game. I know a lot of people have played it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I, I described it terribly, but – it's such a weird game to describe. Yeah, you it's kind like, of it's, have to experience it. Yeah, it's, that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's, it's definitely one of those games that you just have to to give it a shot. And and if you like point and click adventure games, if you played like Monkey Island, uh, any of the Indiana Jones games online, Dig, these are all Lucas Arts games. But this is one of the beginnings of their adventure games that they came out with in PC. But where I'm gonna get into later on in the se- in the season. Um, discussing some of these but if you're a fan of adventure games and you don't have a pc to play this is the perfect game to pick up and i would argue that if you've played until dawn on playstation 4 uh you probably owe that to this game yeah i would say so uh just the whole thing of like here's a group of friends and here's how this crazy house is messing with them like granted uh, it's a little different it's it's a lot goofier it's a lot more like tongue-in-cheek but i think Maniac Mansion definitely should have been included as like a, a list of thank yous that until Dawn had. Yeah, yeah, and it's it it definitely reflects the era. So like those slasher films, the B comedies that were coming out in the nineties. Yeah, you know you had your famous Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Streets that were popular B horror movies, but not B comedy horror movies. There mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of like this. This game reminds me of Rocky Horror, like mm-hmm. just the the weird absurd absurdness in a game yeah i've always said if if i could uh just go to hollywood and be the president and be like hey this needs to happen i would love to put edgar wright in charge of making a maniac mansion movie so funny that you bring this up oh is it happening no okay (laughs) um i forgot to mention so maniac mansion was a pretty successful hit and they made it, like a TV series or something. There was a TV series. That's what I thought. I knew there was something. So I'm gonna pull my notes right here. So there was a TV series developed and purchased by the Family Channel, of course, in 1990, uh, and it's a Canadian channel. And two companies collaborated collaborated to produce a sitcom named after the game for Canadian television, and the series focused on. Ed's family, Edison's family life, and it starred Joe Flatter, Flatter, Flaherty. I can't remember his name. Joe Flaherty as Doctor Fred. Okay. And guess who led the writing staff? The famous Canadian. Famous Canadian. Mike Myers. Nope. <laughs> this was 1990. Yes. I I don't know. Eugene Levy. Wow. <laughs> he led the writing for this. Did they actually film? There were three seasons, I think. Wow. Um, I can't remember how many. Ep- oh, 66 episodes. 
three seasons with 66 episodes. The only thing is that the, the premise of the series changed during the production and then it different differed heavily from the game, you know, original story. Yeah. So um, what's funny, though, is Variety Entertainment Weekly and the Los LA Times named it one of the year's best new series when it came out, <laughs> which is crazy. But it's uh, it's definitely a series I need to find and okay. watch. I was trying to because you you said the name Joe Flaherty and I was like, who is that? You know, you know who he, you, know I, you you might not know face. him by name, but he, he's uh, at the end of Back to the Future Part Two. He's the one who gives Marty the letter. Uh, he was uh, if you ever watched the Misadventures of Ed Grimley. Yep. Uh, he was the vampire. I can't remember what his name is now, and it's disappointing to me that I, I can't, can't remember either. But uh, it was on SCTV. Like he's he's a funny dude. Like he's, he's um. He's the the you will not make this putt guy in yeah he's the jeering fan uh, in you uh, suck Happy Gilmore you jackass yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so good so he's a he's a great character actor uh, but I really want to watch this series now yeah all sixty eight episodes I don't know where I'll be able to find it I'm looking through the IMDb to see if there's anybody else that like popped up Eugene Eugene Levy mm-hmm. was Doc Ellis. Uh, I'm not recognizing any of these other names and there's also no pictures to go along with a lot of them. But yeah, that's that's nuts that that went for so long. I know, sixty eight episodes. Now yeah, I'm, from nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety three. I'm upset that it differed because it would have been really unique. But I don't know. I gotta watch this. I'm gonna have to see if I could find this. And that's one of the first things I've ever like. That's one of the most obscure Nintendo games to get a TV show. Is there any yeah. other? Can you think of it, any other Nintendo games that got a TV show? I can't show? think of very many video games that ever got a TV show, aside from like the cartoons, like the Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah, other the, than the cartoons, like Mega Man, obviously got yeah. one. Um, Donkey Kong, all those kinds of yeah. things. But like, as far as a game in, in a in a live television show, yeah, I can't think of any other ones besides Mario. Yeah. I mean, movies are one thing, but like an actual TV series is. And, we, run and for now we're sixty-eight episodes. We're living in a time where we're getting a cast, like an R-rated Castlevania show. So yeah, I know, right? That this, this is weird. Yeah, a weird turn of events for video games and television. So, if you shows. are listening and you have access to this Maniac Mansion show, be our best friends and give it to us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Please. Please and if we it. find anything, we'll post it on, on our Facebook group and uh, just get that out there because it sounds like it'd be hilarious. Oh, I can't wait to see what um, Speaking of the Facebook group, go check us out on Facebook, um, the Legend of Retro group. Um, it's a little bit different than just the the Met- or Motor City Gaming. Uh, Motor City Gaming, of course, is where we post all of our news and stuff like that, but we have specific groups where you can influence specifically the shows, uh, interact with us. We have uh, different bracket stuff going on, different polls. You can influence the episode. You can send in any questions. Um, one thing that we are doing a little bit differently this season um, is we aren't ha- we don't have a specific email section. Uh, instead, we'll probably we'll just have like a, an entire episode dedicated to the questions that we get asked. Um, just because the way we record is a little bit uh, untra- or non-traditional, uh, we don't have a weekly format. We just kind of record when we get the chance and put them out uh, on schedule. So yep, uh, check us out on there. It's a closed group right now. All you have to do is just submit a request, and we'll say yes to you, unless you smell bad or something. Just kidding. We smell everybody. Yeah, we do. Yeah. 
So uh, real quick though, what would you rate this game when you when you played it? Oh man, like, I would like. Is this something you recommend? It's absolutely something I would recommend. I don't know that I can give it like a perfect score or anything like that. No. I would definitely say it's it's on the on the higher end. So I'd say a five out of eight. Okay, yeah, um, I'd say right around that. Same. I don't. I wouldn't feel right giving it any higher just because I didn't put that much time into it. I'm sure that if I did, I could you know you can look back fondly and I wouldn't doubt that it's it's worthy of a six or a seven bits out of eight but uh for me personally i would say five it's yeah. solid definitely check it out um but not necessarily one that was like monumental in the shaping of my gaming life nope um, i mean yeah d- it was a little bit for me just on the you played a lot more weird point and click adventure games than i, I have. love okay i love point and click adventure games because my brother and i played them together yeah and there was a little bit of a competition where uh i would play one or he sorry he would start it I would play it I would get ahead of him and then I'd be like oh you're still at this part right and then he'd be <laughs> like wait what do you mean I'm like oh nothing are you playing the game are you getting ahead of me you're not allowed to play the game and get ahead of me <laughs> literally he would tell me I was not allowed to play it because then I would kind of ruin it for him right <laughs> uh so like this this is the style of the game that happened with that a lot yeah so uh I would give it a six for me personally but mm-hmm. It's a great. I, I. It's a weird, unique game. You don't yeah. get a lot of games that are unique like this. Yeah. NES, Sega, full of crap games. Yeah. This is a. This is a crap, good, weird this, game. This is one of those games that you'll see, and you might even still be able to get it cheap. I haven't not really looked to see know. how much they're going for. I'll. Uh, I'll take a look at that. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's one of those games that you you, you might randomly stumble across, and it's one hundred percent worth whatever it costs. Um. Yep, so that's been our topic for this week. Uh, we're going to go right into our next segment, which is Legend... I'm sorry, Retro Relapse. I did the same thing you did uh, the other yep, episode. Yep, that's true. Retro Relapse, here we go. Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So this week on Retro Relapse, <laughs> we're going to be delayed just a second as I tell you that you can get Maniac Mansion for as low as 20 bucks. That's not bad. That's a steal. Yeah, that's not bad. But, Retro Relapse. Let's talk about this game. We played Astyanax, which we don't know if NES. that's the real way to say it. Yeah, it seems right. It looks good to me. Or, if you want to rearrange the letters, it's just Nasty Axe. For you. For you. Nasty Axe. This is another Jalico game. Oh, yeah? That's... But did you know Astyanax was from Greek mythology? I did not. And he was the son of Hector. Oh, Hector. The crown prince of that Troy guy. and the husband of Prince Andromache of Sicilian Thebe. The husband of, of Prince? His birth name. Just I guess he'd get a different dudes? name. No, his birth name. You ready for this? Yeah. Scamandrius. Scamandrius. <laughs> Scandalous Scamandrius. <laughs> oh, but the people of Troy nicknamed him Astyanax because that's a great nickname. A.K.A. Nasty Because he was the son of the city's great defender. And their heir apparent's firstborn son. So anyway, so that's that's the gr- real version. Right. If memory world. serves me, this is this is a different, a little bit of a different story, aren't you? Sort of like a like the King Arthur TV show where they like they found it and you just take over that persona, or am I just making things up? You're making things up. This is about perfect. A, <laughs> this is about a 16 year old kid from Greenville High School, right? Who has been having recurring dreams in which a young woman is calling out his name. Uh huh. And then one day while on his way to class, uh-huh. and this kid's name is Astyanax. Oh. Like that's the worst, worst parenting right there. Right. Uh, he's transported into another dimension where yeah, he so meets- Yeah, so kind of the same thing. He meets, kind okay. of, but- Stop saying I'm a liar. You're a liar. He meets a fairy named- Do you remember? 
I don't. You don't remember the name of this? I fairy. don't. It's really dumb. I will say so when when we Cutie. were okay <laughs> when we were playing this, I was running a little bit late getting here, and you had already started, so I missed the whole beginning. You were just playing this game as I walked. I in. skipped the like. It is such a long scrolling, boring, boring beginning. Okay. I skipped it, so okay. I, this is all me figuring it out after the fact. So you're saying you did me a favor? Yes. So you you meet this fairy cutie who explains she's from the kingdom of Remlia, which may have been a mistranslation. Anyways, you're there to rescue the princess Rosebud. Okay. Uh, was being held by an evil wizard, and then you're armed with a legendary axe, um, and he sets out on a journey, basically just to rescue Rosebud. Asti and Axe has an axe. Yeah, he does. You didn't right. remember that part? I remember a sword and a spear. And an axe. Remember, that's the first form. Nasty axe, nasty spear, nasty so sword. So there's a couple versions of this game. There's an arcade version, and then there is a NES version. Now, this is a side-scroll platformer. Mm-hmm. You just kill stuff, get points. You and a vertical magic. scroller. There's that there's the second a, level you, you climb you up. You climb up. With really... Uh, interesting uh, choices is what you can and cannot jump through. Yeah, you did not like that. Uh, it took a minute to get used to, but once you figured it out, it wasn't so bad. So the arcade version only has six levels. Okay. A forest, a cave, a lake, a lift, a castle, and the final battle. And then up to two players can play at the same time. Which, who that second player is, they never explain. Asty uh, the, two. Uh, you can play, you play, I'm oh, sorry, the first player controls Rolsh. A blonde-haired warrior in blue armor, while the second player controls an unnamed palette swap of Roche Zanitsa. In, in red armor with black hair. Zanitsna. Z- okay. That's Asti and Axe backwards. That's funny that the character's name is Roche in the arcade, but in the NES version, his name's Asti and Axe. Yeah. That's really weird. The arcade parents were much nicer. Apparently. So in the arcade... Get it? Apparently. Yes, I got it. Oh, eat my parents. <laughs> Get my parents. I, that, I hate that episode. <laughs> It makes me feel terrible, <laughs> just so you know. I felt I watched an episode of South Park, and I felt, like, so sad, <laughs> so disgusted and sad. Okay. Anyway, um, that's, that's another topic. So the player has an axe, and, and what's unique about this one, it has a weapon gauge. So when it's maxed out, it does more damage than or uh, than when it's lower, right? Or does it swing faster? I don't recall. Oh, my you, God. I see, you I played do, through, this, you're, you're useless to me I am episode. absolutely useless in this episode. Uh you you figured out that they were different item or like different abilities. I was just like, this looks cool. It's got multiple things. Maybe it deals more damage. And I was like, why am I not doing my magic so much? And I just kind of forced myself through it. Yeah, you were way more invested than I was. I think it's because I missed the whole intro to the game. No, it's not. <laughs> and you did it to me, <laughs> oh, and I don't up. appreciate it. Anyways, so in the arcade version, you yeah, you, when the bar is maxed out, you do more damage, and then when it's not as maxed out. You can just swing faster, but you do less damage. What's different about this one is that that, that same thing applies, except for you upgrade your weapons or your spells. Mm-hmm. So there's three different spells you can equip, which we didn't know about. There's like a flame, a lightning, and a different one, another one. The, the lightning one apparently is the strongest, and it takes up the most magic points. But what happens is you have an axe as your level one, you have a spear as your level two, and a sword as your level three. The spear, which you thought and I thought was the best because it was the longest one. Right. Does the weakest amount of damage, right. but allows you to do the most magic. Where the sword does the most amount of physical damage, but lets you, but uses the more magic per spell. So that's why we weren't able to use as much when we got in the later levels and we got the sword because it's it costs more. Yeah, 
to get you that strength. Um, graphics are pretty simple. Soundtrack's pretty Actually, great. pretty decent for NES. Uh, yeah, well, it created a lot of lag. Yeah. There's a lot of lag in that. A lot, a lot of lag, a lot of lag, a lot of Yeah, lag, and lag. it did the, the annoying uh, thing that a lot of games back then did is when you took damage, it, like, made you jump backwards so you'd fall yeah, off pits and stuff like back. that. Yeah, dumb. Yep. But I sucked at it. We were okay. You did better than me. You were more invested in playing it once you actually played yeah. it. Like, you liked it a lot. I mean, platforming is kind of just my, I like it's in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I I liked the game. It was fun. I think yeah, I, I want to play the arcade. Sure. I want to play the arcade version. If it's two-player, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. This game would be a lot of fun two-player. And it's only six stages. I think you could knock that out in a good, you know, 30 minutes, Yeah, 40 definitely minutes. something to check out. Not like some it's, of the other retro relapse. This was actually an interesting time because this was the second solid game that you picked. It was, yeah. What was the first one? Um, that well, no, no, I guess I guess they sort of canceled. I was thinking Rival yep. Turf. Yeah, I was gonna say Rival yep. Turf was not a solid game. Yeah, if you remember no, that correctly? Nope. That game was not good. Yeah, that was hot garbage. Yeah, we should have tried playing that too. Uh, but you did a bad one recently as well, so yeah, we're whatever. okay with it. It's all good. It's all it's a whole matter of perspective and availability. Yes. You know, eventually. So, I mean, we could pick classic games, but were, the whole idea is we're playing these games we've never played before. Yeah, never played. They're weird. We want you guys to experience them. Also, we want you to recommend what yes, games we please. should play for Electro because we're going to run out eventually. Yeah, we're. It, it's just turning into like, no, I don't want to do this one. Don't want to do this one. We just need we need suggestions. Yes. And you you can you can suggest classics if you want to if it's something that you feel like doesn't have enough. Uh, it could be a classic to you. It could be not to us. Could be a super alpha chicken for all we know. I not played that one yet. I know. I'm just saying. I would give this game though on an eight bit scale probably a four. That's what I was thinking. Uh, it's, it's good. Fun. It's enough that made me like want to consider going back and playing it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that I'm going to rush out any time to do so. No, I wouldn't. But it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. If you get the chance, check it out. Yeah. Um. So that uh, wraps up Legend or uh, Retro Relapse. Oh, it's, man. We're, wow. we're cursed. We're cursed wow, with we're, this episode. We're just going to be terrible at these things, apparently. <laughs> uh, but we're going to jump next into our uh, RPG protagonist bracket. Yes. Week two. Week two. So you go first this time. So I went first last time. Yeah. So this character that I'm choosing, it's it's almost confusing whether or not you can throw him in the category as protagonist. Uh, I mean, his intentions are pure, and, but he does straight up start off as a villain. You think he's the final boss of the game because he's a big bad dude. Uh, but through going through time and finding out what more he's about, you realize that he the whole time was just doing the things that were necessary to get the outcome that he wanted while working entirely on his own. Um, super awesome dude one of the first characters i can recall actually fighting with a scythe incredibly powerful mage uh could straight up replace three of your other characters because he's just so powerful yeah um kind of a catch-all and just looks awesome i'm of course talking sprite is great uh of magus from chrono trigger uh like i said he starts off as the villain you think he's going to be this totally bad dude and then throughout the game you learn that he's like his sister was taken from his whole family was ripped from him and he was kind of stolen to the side um, and and found the time travel and did everything he could to get the power that he could so he could go and try to prevent it from happening. Uh, but great character, fantastic theme song, just overall cool dude. That's a good choice there. Thank you. I'm bringing out a heavy hitter as well, though. Okay. Going with the character that we talked about recently. I don't believe it. We You should believe it. Nope. And this character has a very sad past 
and one that they figured out throughout their game, throughout the game, you know, where they came from, who they were, and and realize a sad truth to that he their was, life. That he went to high school and was taken to this magical no, world, it's and it's Astian It's not Astian Nailed it. Got it's it. not Astian I win this round. Nope. This character also is very iconic because it is came in an era when uh, this genre was dying of JRPGs, and really hits on some of the best parts of those series. I am going with our favorite Vivi from Vivi Final, Fantasy Final Fantasy IX. IX. One of my favorite characters, such an interesting take on a character story, mm-hmm. um, but also part of a game that I absolutely love. Yep. So going with Vivi the Black Mage. Perfect. They're so both mages, basically. It's, it's true. It's, it's pretty cool. Yep. Mine has a scythe. Mine has an awesome farmer's hat. <laughs> <laughs> so head over to the Facebook group when this episode is launched. We will put that out and uh, vote on who you think is the better character. Sorry to give you such a hard choice this time, but Deal uh, with it. yeah, someone's gonna make it to the top, and it's up to you to decide who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, that pretty much wraps up this episode of Retro Relap. Legend of Retro. Wow. <laughs> no, that was on purpose. Oh, that God. one was on purpose. You had me fooled, <laughs> legitimately fooled for a second there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that does it for this episode of Legend of Retro Relapse. We will see you next time. <laughs> I hate you. No, don't no. No. This is Legend, Legend of, of Retro. Deal with it. Did you did you mess it up again? Did I, you did, say, I don't know. Did you say retro? Um, no, I don't I know. I heard I said. a K in there somewhere. We'll see you next week when the legend continues. When the legend continues. When the legend continues.